0: Welcome to the On Enquirer podcast, and what a night for Illinois basketball as they get their first road win at Iowa in the Brad Underwood era, 87-83, to 83. and Iowa would in his first career start, we haven't wrapped up this Bulls game yet, but uh, they're going to beat Denver and the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, uh, and Iowa in his first career start because the Bulls are short-handed with DeRozan uh, on the health and safety protocol. Uh, he's flirting with a triple-double right now and have a lot of fun in his hometown of Chicago. But uh, with Joey Wagner and Derek Piper taking care of business in Iowa, I stayed back. And uh, we're going to do the pod with Michael Tuop, our Illini Inquirer basketball analyst, former Illinois and Wright State player. And, and Mike, I texted you, I feel like this is the kind of win Brad Underwood has to love, right? Like Because you can pick it apart. Like fans and we will pick the, the negative things apart. They, they weren't able to kind of run away with this game, but they were tough they absorbed all these blows Iowa was given these long runs. Uh, 21-2, 10-0 at the end of this game by uh, Keegan Murray at one point. But they come out with a victory, and a tough place to get a victory. So just overall thoughts on uh, a huge win.
1: Very, uh, very huge win. I think there's there's something about starting 2-0 and in conference. Um, has been done, I, I don't believe, and it's been a few years maybe. Um, I'd have to check on that. I know last year, obviously, they split with Rutgers and and beat Minnesota, I believe. Um, But you mentioned it, man, absorbing those punches. And here's the reality. Home teams are going to go on runs, multiple runs. Um, So have you done enough work outside of those runs to prevent those runs from sinking the ship? Um, And they did. Uh, You know, Illinois went on runs of their own. Uh, And that's typically when you look at a team that's playing at home, you know, the 17 to two or 21 to two runs. And, you know, they had that little spurt there in the second half as well and kind of had another one at the end of the game. Um, What have you done to offset those? Uh, You know, and I thought they stepped in confidently to open threes, Um, obviously punked them on the glass. There was no question about that. Um, and that ended up being the story of the game. Uh, 18 turnovers, but when you get 19 back on the offensive class, I, you know, it kind of, it kind of, I don't want to say it zeroes it out because you still want to be able to, to shave that down. You're not going to get out 19 offensive rebounds every single game. But man, I, I mean, there was just a lot to like about, you know, the individual performances, but just the overall resolve um, of the team in general and how they closed it out. I, I think I had mentioned towards the end of the game, just Io gone. I know we just talked about him doing his thing against the Nuggets and, I O gun like there's going to be a need for this team to get to close out games by committee it's just going to be the way it is and uh, there's benefits to having a guy like I O closing things out but doing it by committee is pretty dangerous too because you have a lot of different options in those moments and and there's you know you've seen on display here a few times in the the early going that that there are guys that are not only capable of stepping up um, but are willing to And, and I think you saw that in the form of of Alfonso plumber, and, you know, Trent hit some big free throws. Kofi hit some massive free throws, albeit not later in the game, but that five-minute mark, those were some huge free throws. So uh, a lot to like about this game, but like you mentioned, a lot to learn from it too.
0: Can you remember the last time they were 2-0, Mike, because you were on the team?
1: Um, Let's see. That would have been <laughs> uh, Penn State and Indiana victory, I believe, in the 2013-20... No. Yeah, 2013-2014 yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, it would have been Penn State penn state in the opener with kendrick nunn getting in the face of dj dj newbill getting newbill ejected and ending his uh 10 plus point streak uh and then we play i think we played uh new year's eve game against indiana and that was a good good win to, to start 2-0 yeah man twenty three. Yeah. that's
0: crazy yeah. seven eight years Yo- wow yogi Farrell at 20 uh or 30 and that overtime yeah. when you guys had. then you lost eight straight I, I didn't want to focus on that but um that was that was the last time and, and think of the good years i mean the, the last two years you had you haven't started two and oh and i i just want to make this point mike like it's a five game win streak after a disappointing two and two start and you've won back-to-back big 10 games like iowa to me looked like a middle tier big 10 team ruckers to me looked like probably worse than we thought they were coming into the year. Iowa maybe a little bit better with how good Keegan Murray is playing for the most part this season, but um, you haven't done that in a long time I and mean, you're doing it with out Andre Carbello, right? Like, and you missed him at times tonight with the first half and second half, but how has this team been able to do this? It feels like they're really starting to settle in and, and adjust everything to what this team is and and the turnovers remain a problem Mike but man offensively they are really dangerous right now well every
1: season's different Uh, I think that's that kind of ends up being the story every every team goes through different ebbs and flows and battles to to kind of morph into who they are as a team and I think this Illinois team in particular I mean you look at last year they started nine and five um you know and they're sitting at seven and two right now and two and zero in conference and um it's amazing what the narrative was like a week and a half ago you know what i mean and, and how quickly that can change and i think what hasn't changed is just just how many pieces this team has and and, and not only just the pieces but how these pieces have stepped up um i mean jacob granison you really can't say enough about him we'll, we'll talk i'm sure we'll talk about alfonso plumber and and Kofi Coburn and obviously Trenton DeMonte have, have really made their, their contributions. Coleman Hawkins did a, did a lot of good tonight. Um, but, man, Jacob Grandison, uh, I know the stat sheet. He obviously has 21 points, but, you know, three rebounds, two assists, and the three rebounds he probably kept four other ones alive and um, has just been so confident. And, and, and I think there's something about tying all this back to Alfonso Plummer. And when you have a guy on your team – that plays with that type of of confidence, um, you know. That is just kind of a wind at his back, kind of guy. Every time he every time he shoots it, that that type of stuff's contagious, man. Um, you know, it, it, it since he's been hitting those shots, it really feels like offensively they've they've taken this to another level. And, and Kofi too. I know Kofi didn't have any assists tonight, but th- that that pass he made in the first half, kind of that drift pass on the cor- into the corner that that Luke Goody – you know, missed the shot on. I mean, those are just, just growth. You see growth from a lot of these guys. Um, I'll go back to Alfonso Plummer. I I think if we go, if we trace back to the game that started this torrid start for him, it was the, it was the Kansas state game that he came off the bench at like the, in the nine minute mark of the first half. Like anybody else, this is what's so crazy about Alfonso Plummer. Anybody else is in that moment. The more they're not getting subbed in. Right your confidence is dwindling mm-hmm. right you think you're you think you're coming out of the rotation you think and and for him to turn that into what he turned it into the Kansas State game and sustain it I think the thing with Alfonso Plummer is you can look and say hey 48 percent in his last five games or whatever it is from three and think okay well you know he's hot and can he sustain it the looks that he's getting and the type of shooter he is that's all it is you know it's it's high percentage looks for an elite elite shooter so I think he can keep this up it may not be the 48% rate but shoot it's opened up a lot of things for this Illinois offense and I'll, I'll tie this all back in to say you know there's a lot of different pieces to point to on this team and you know whatever you think the goal is going to be at the end of the year there's not just one way to get there mm-hmm. you know and I think Illinois showing a lot of fight with kind of a unconventional start to the season with injuries and illnesses and um they've made it work and i think they've really started to round into form here and they haven't even really had their preseason all league point guard
0: yeah last five games you mentioned alfonso palmer 23.4 points 23 of 48 from three those first four games he's averaging six points a game shooting 27 percent from three but he never lost confidence right like he, he kept shooting uh Brad Underwood said uh, and he's found a way and they've needed that scoring burst in, in in the worst way and he's perfect from free throw this year I mean some huge free throws down the stretch like when you got three guys who shoot 80 plus percent and Trent and I know Trent missed one but Jacob Grandson, huge free throws down the stretch Alfonso Palmer uh, makes all of them and Kofi five of six shooting over 70 percent uh, this year, just just what a huge uh, thing that can be for this team down the line. I, I, I don't know what else we can say about Kofi Coburn, but I don't know if Iowa did all that much to, to stop him, but they were intent on stopping him. He only had one field goal attempt uh, in the first half, but he dominated the glass even in the first half. But the second half, Illinois emphasized, get Kofi the ball, get Kofi the ball, and uh, missed his first three shots. And they go, oh, maybe this isn't what they need to do. Uh, But he got more aggressive and kind of hunting his own shots, Mike, and eventually just dominated the second half. 14 points, 12 rebounds just in the second half alone. Got a double-double in one half alone. Uh, But 18 rebounds, almost out-rebounded Iowa by himself. He's just a load, and and that's why – you take all the bottom half Big Ten teams and they're at a disadvantage against Illinois just because of this one guy.
1: Probably even more than the bottom Probably. half. Probably. I mean, I'm, I'm trying it's to be
0: conservative a, there,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what's, that's what's crazy about it. And he was just – I thought he was so patient. Um, guy like that who commands that, that much attention, um, who's 24 a game, if he wasn't the type of kid that he is – he probably would have been frustrated talking in the in at halftime about needing the ball more. But you see it all the time. Like you can't have it both ways as a fan, right? Like you go into that, you go into halftime up three, and the narrative is like, well oh, god, we haven't fed Kofi Cobra enough. It's like, yeah, and the You've been hitting threes because of it. <laughs> because of the gravity. We talk about the gravity that he has. And that's going to continue to be the trend because they're not going to stop swarming him. I, I don't care. They're going to try to bank on you starting to miss shots, and that bodes well for this offense. But I'll make this point: you know, Iowa went really small, um, and I think as a viewer, you look and say, "Smaller guys, how are we not getting the ball into him?" But there's something. It's it's very counterintuitive, very counter- counterintuitive when you think about the fact that it ends up being harder to get it into him when he has a smaller guy on him because there's more quickness to get around um you know and, and oftentimes too with bigs they're a little bit more reluctant to really post up a smaller guy because that's the easiest foul calls and and, and I'll I'll make this point too as the defender I used to I used to take a lot of pride in it like being being a post defender at my size when I would come in there you just fight. You could fight your butt off, and they're not going to call a foul. Right. But the second that a guy puts an elbow into your neck, it's going the other way. So I thought it was actually a pretty good little chess move by by Iowa. But the problem is, think about fronting Kofi Coburn. Second a shot goes up. I mean, you are screwed on the glass. So you know, you're either hoping, all right, well, we hope they miss a shot. But even if they do miss a shot, we got these guys in position. You know, they got these guys in the position to get rebounds. So. You know, he was patient, missed a couple of those bunnies early, but just stuck with it, man. I mean, missed his first free throw and then made his next five, I believe. Um, or maybe he was two for two in the first half and missed his first in the second half. But the two that he hit with about five and a half minutes left, six minutes left, uh, you really can't say enough about him. Um, five offensive rebounds, probably kept another five or six alive, tapped five or six out. I mean, he really is playing like a national player of the year. Um, you know and people tend to look at statistics but if you sit down and watch an illinois game my goodness uh, the what he creates without the ball in his hands i mean it really is in a, to a degree when you watch the nba it's like it, it's like steph i mean i mean it really it's crazy like the even if you're not even if he doesn't have the ball you just you still have to account for him and just like the warriors with steph all those guys who come to the Warriors, Otto Porter, you know, Nemanja Bielitsa, uh, Andrew Wiggins, they shoot the highest percentages they've ever shot because they're shooting open shots. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing for Jacob Granison. It's the same thing for, you know, for Trent Frazier, for Alfonso Plummer. I mean, Plummer, this is – Plummer's probably like, I got the greatest gig in the world. I just let it fly and I'm open yeah. most of the game because everybody's focused on Kobe Coburn. So, you know, I, I thought he – what was most impressive about the stretch that he had that little 6 run that he had he was tired man and they were letting him play he was getting hacked there weren't many whistles and he he dialed it in he focused he knocked it like he knocked those shots in you know from some of them weren't easy either he had a couple guys draped on him. um i mean i could go on and on about kofi <laughs> coburn but shoot it, it's pretty incredible the campaign that he's putting together and you see what he brings to this team i mean i mean i believe now they're what they're 5-1 with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can see why. Yeah, he's averaging 22.8 points, 11.8 rebounds. I mean, let's just think about it. like This is one of the best seasons. I know it's early, but this, this is going to be one of the best seasons we've ever seen in a line of uniform after – two guys last year had two of the best seasons we've ever seen in a line of uniform and Kofi and IO. Uh, yeah, man, he just makes everything else uh, easier for everyone else. And Alfonso Plummer shooting 43% from three with how many he's shooting a game. He's averaging like nine or 10 a game in, in the last five games. Grandison shooting a torrid 48%. Um, can we, let's talk about him, man. 12.5 points per game, but really with, with IO gone and Corbello out, He has really stepped up, and he's doing it all off the bench. Uh, And and just like, you know, Kofi, you mentioned it. Like, he didn't get frustrated. It didn't let him affect his game, even though he was getting hacked a little bit. He's probably used to that by now. Um, He wasn't getting the ball. Didn't let that frustrate him too much on the court. Grandison, coming off the bench, didn't care. (laughs) He didn't care. He's like, I'm still going to play 30 minutes in this game. And he did. And uh, leads the team in scoring uh, with 21 points, along with Plummer. Ah. How has he, he grown, Mike? I mean, this is a fifth-year guy. How has he grown?
1: I mean, I traced it all the way back to the Penn State game at Penn State last year. Um, you know, Jacob Grandison really emerged in that game and did it with his hustle, right? Did it scrapping, did it doing the little things. And I think there's something as a player that clicks when you see yourself get inserted. You see yourself, you know, building those minutes in terms of playing time. And you ask yourself, why? You know, why am I staying on the floor? And then you try to do everything that you can to continue to do those things. And I think Jacob Grandison realized that the things that he does, you know, it's knocking down open shots, it's keeping balls alive, like I talk about. It's being in the right position defensively. It, you know, it's rebounding well for his position. It's taking care of the ball. You know, he's he's one of the only guys that still has single-digit turnovers from the you know from the rotation guys. Um, but, I, I, you know, I remember saying it before the season. Let's make no mistake about it. I mean, Jacob Grannison has game. I mean, I'll keep saying it. Jacob Granison has game. I mean, he, he just he, – he does what he can for this team. But you saw in the moments where Curbelo and Kofi and those guys were out, he can step up. He can score. Um, he's efficient. Uh, you know, having a guy like that, twenty, you know, t- you know, 12 points a game, almost 13 points a game in 22 minutes – is crazy, you know crazy efficiency, so for you know four rebounds a game he he has really been I feel like the x factor for this team changes from game to game almost, mm-hmm. but common denominator tends to be Jacob grandison because when he's not his normal tough self, you know it, it tends to, it's almost like illinois isn't their normal tough self, so he he tends to be the catalyst for a lot of those hustle plays and um you know, the, those, the little things that he does. So I, I've been so impressed with him and, and you can just see, he just keeps building and building and building. I mean, we talked about early last year, it didn't look good when he was in there. <laughs> like he didn't look confident. And part of that, like I talked about is a guy trying to adjust to this role that he hasn't played. And man, he is rounded into form. Um, and has just been, you know, so efficient, so efficient, man. I mean, 20 for 33 from two, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's, it's remarkable and the shot that he hit tonight I thought I thought won the game for them on on the baseline there with shot clock dwindling and I made the point when I tweeted it but a nine foot catch and shoot jumper with no glass is not an easy shot but he's shooting with confidence and and I think it's really it's really helping this Illinois team
0: yeah six players uh really played in this game right and Bossman's played a lot in the first half had nine minutes Goody six minutes Omar Payne won but Grandison 30 Hawkins 24 before he followed out uh, Kofi 30 DeMonte 30 Plummer 33 Frazier 37 I mean we know that 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 bench gets uh, dwindles a little bit when uh, you get into games like this but kudos to those guys for, for playing those heavy minutes Trent Frazier 18 points like big offensive burst from him three of five from three it was nice to see that given his injuries he's had that his shots kind of come back eight rebounds a career high for him. Uh, and J- Jordan Bohannon was a non-factor. You pointed that out to me during the game. Four points for Jordan Bohannon in that entire game. Only played seven minutes, or 17 minutes. I know U.S. and Perkins got going off the bench for, for Iowa. Uh, five turnovers, though, pretty um, rare, for, for Trent, and let's talk about that because turnovers continues to be a huge issue for this team. Eighteen turnovers tonight, twenty six points for Iowa. Uh, we thought that hey, if they take care of the ball, they should take care of business in this one. They didn't. Despite it, because of the rebounds, they're able to get those possessions back, Mike. But what's the issue with this team and turnovers? Because it it is their Achilles heel right now. Yeah, I mean, part of it's
1: design. Um, you know, when you face a Marquette team and turn it over twenty six times, and you face an Iowa team and turn it over 18 times. I mean, that's what those defenses are designed to do. Um, you know, and you have to look and see, okay, well – and I see it all the time. I mean, this is, this is the thing that, you know, from a, you know, from a player's perspective, to think that, like, Brad Underwood wasn't repping this, they weren't repping this in practice or doing it, it's different when you're out there, man. Um, it just is. Uh, and I thought compared to the Marquette game, Marquette, I thought there was a lot of confusion on alignment and who should be where, and I didn't think that was as much of the case tonight. Um, it, it just, you know, sometimes you really, you, you ideally don't want to cross half court and pick up the ball. That's where they can really swarm you. But sometimes when you, when it's twenty four or twenty three left in the shot clock and you see it's getting close to that ten seconds, just get over half court and then figure it out. You know, what I mean, I just it's not always best practice especially if you're in what they call the, the coffin corners but just get over half court and and i, I think i had somebody tweeting me tonight that was like how does a college player not know when he's in the backcourt for 10 seconds it's like you don't th- it sounds crazy but like you don't think about that you're you're so hyper focused on like where the next pass is going to be that you know you should have that internal clock but on the road it's loud i mean you probably have teammates pointing, telling you to get it over, but you're so hyper-focused on getting to that next pass. You know, I, I think this, this was always going to be the question, right? You know, if Curbelo went down, how are they going to manage? You know, we saw Trent last year against Baylor, Trent last year against Duke. He had five turnovers in each of those games as well. And in those games, he wasn't even really a primary ball handler. But, the, you know, Duke pressed. Uh, Duke had, had kind of the same 2-2-1 pressure. And it's, re- it's those moments – I think in those types of schemes and defenses that can really hurt a team that doesn't have a, a primary ball handler because you're typically not putting it in the hands of the, of the ball handler that you want to have, right? Let's say you want to have in Trent's hands. Well, in order to advance it up the court or in order to, to get to where you want to go, you need to get it out of Trent's hands. And then if it's out of Trent's hands, it's in somebody else's hands. It's in, you know, Colin Hawkins hands or it's in some, you know, DeMonte had a few turnovers tonight too. So, you know, you just gotta you gotta figure it out, man. I mean, you got you got to do it by committee, like we always talk about. And then you point to the other two metrics, right? Okay, okay, what, okay. Here were our turnover numbers, but what were our rebounding numbers and what were our free throw numbers? And that's what won the game, quite frankly, tonight for Illinois. It was twenty four for twenty eight from the free throw line and out rebounding your opponent by thirty. So you give yourself a chance in those games, but you're not always gonna out rebound someone by thirty. So you gotta find ways to to. Sh- sure that up and, and it's not going to be you know you're going to go from 18 turnovers to six turnovers right. but it's a big difference going from 18 to 12 right Or uh, 10. 18, game. 18 to 11 that's it
0: yeah they had 10 against Rutgers that was a huge improvement I think they had six in the first five minutes so right. uh, I think they have shown improvement uh, but yeah that pressure still continues to bother them we'll see if other teams uh do that here moving forward um how did the 21 to 2 run happen Mike. uh, (laughs) How how does that happen during game? And uh, Kudos Illinois responding with a a 17 to five run right after that. But how does that happen during a game? Well, it's,
1: it's all a domino effect. Right. And and I think when I was, my wife was doing something else during the game and I turn I I turn over and like tell her things during the game. She's like, I don't know know what you're talking about. Whatever. Um, She knows what I'm talking about, but you get my point. So early on in the game, Illinois was getting a lot of stops, right? Uh, And that's kind of how they got out to that 20 to 10 lead. And if you're getting the stops, they can't set up their one, two, two. And if they're not setting up their one, two, two, now it's a straight man-to-man defense. And that's not where Iowa excels. So you're able to get those high percentage looks. But I thought in the moment that it was much less of getting stops. I thought I was just missing shots. Um, so eventually that's going to like shots are gonna start falling. Shots start falling get in the one two, two, right? And then when you go back to the one two, two, you sink back into this kind of 2-3 matchup zone. And Stephen Bardo made the, made the, you know, made the comment on the broadcast, and, and I, I was sitting there saying it to myself too. It's a 2-3 zone, so what – matchup zone. So what you end up thinking is, all right, 2-3 zone, and there's a lot of standing and passing. But you have to, have, you have to play man offense, like even against a 2-3 matchup zone. Because that's that's what they're trying to do is get you stagnant like it is a 2-3 zone. And then they're just passing guys off so you never really can break down the defense. So, um, you know, I thought they did a much better job of that in the, in the second half once they got into the half court. But that's really what it ended up – you know, I made the comment at halftime. It's like this game's going to be one on the glass and on the defensive end because the defense is what helps your offense, right? Like the times – you could see the times where Iowa scored is when they typically scored again – because they got into that one-two-two two and could force turnovers, so you know it's that's what I love about the game of basketball. That's yeah. what's so beautiful about it is because it's all intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do put all those things together, and you can succeed in those ways, and you can get stops, and that leads to, you know, that leads to to points on your end. You can get back and set your defense, get another stop. Uh, but when that comes unhinged, it snowballs in the in the other direction. So, um, but they weather the storm multiple times. Um, and I almost feel for Iowa fans in a way, because that game script was very similar to Purdue kind of that like fake rally in, in a way. And that's kind of going to be the story for Iowa. Most of the season is they're going to get down when they're missing shots. um, They're going to have to press. They're going to turn teams over, make a little bit of a comeback. And then at the end, they just, I'm not sure they have enough pieces to really, really go out and win games. So credit Illinois for, for taking those punches, knocking down free throws, um, Yeah, I thought that was really the story of the game.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Mike, a uh, huge test ahead. The premier non conference game. And as you said, maybe two weeks ago after Kansas City, people were like, ah, this Illinois team isn't as good as we thought. Well, now they have a chance to, to win a second straight quad one game, right, against a, a very, very athletic, uh, very long Arizona team that, that crushed Michigan on a neutral court. Haven't really played much else uh, on their schedule, so it's, it's hard to get a, a great feel for them, but they're obviously very talented. Uh, but how is this team now Feeling with these five straight wins, especially the the huge route at home against Rutgers, a win on the road like Iowa, how are they feeling going into this game against Arizona?
1: Well, I think you know probably after Marquette and after Cincinnati, there's a bit of an identity crisis there. Um, you know, and there you know you can have some doubt creep in and like, are we who we thought we were going to be? And then you just kind of shake that and you go out and you play Kansas State and you rattle off five straight, and it's like, oh yeah, no, we know who we are. Um, and there's a confidence to that, and there's also a confidence to being able to, to sustain the runs that you sustained in this game, because I think there's something you can tell yourself, no matter how bad it gets in a game. You know, if team goes on an 8-0 run, 9-0 run. We, hey, we've been here. We've been here. We've been here on on the road in a tough environment at Iowa. We've done this. We've we've kind of stemmed the tide and we've won games. So now you're at home playing against a really, really good arizona team uh that has length i think illinois matches up better with them than than michigan did per se but um you gotta have a lot of confidence uh you know it may be a different story i think you have a lot of confidence even if you're going out to tucson but um you got the home crowd behind you it's it's a really really big game i think you win this game you probably find yourself back in the top 25 um you know there's a lot on the line and i think you see illinois now it's What's really dangerous for teams is when they can kind of play that blend of hunter hunted, right? You know where it's like now we're out of the top twenty five, but we're still a damn good team.
0: Um, and and you a, know this team like not being ranked is the best thing in the world for them. That's like they play so much better as the hunter.
1: Yeah, they do, and and I, I think that's it. Almost, it almost works more in your favor here in the early early going, and then you can kind of build a little bit confidence here, like they have, get into conference play. And by that point, like, I mean, like I said, you look at the conference schedule, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, but the way that this conference schedule lies, I mean, there's a really good chance that going into that Michigan game on January 14th that you're 5-0 in conference. There's, this team is capable of doing that, but, you know, you, you have a pretty tall task here on Saturday. They, they should have all the confidence in the world. They, re, they really should. Um, you know, and I expect them to continue to do what they're doing, playing within themselves whenever Andre Corbello comes back. You know, you're going to have to find ways to 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 really make that work. But, man, uh, the the confidence that they're playing with right now, uh, you know, <laughs> it's turning some heads. That's for sure. For all the Illinois detractors that were out there two weeks ago, I think the, I think these past couple weeks have been like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, they may they may be back.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, they look like a top three or four team in the Big Ten, like like we thought they would be, no right? Question. Like, and and I would probably put them two right now, just based on. Kofi yep. and all these shooters around him. I mean, they're shooting 41% from three uh, on 130 attempts the last five games. It's just ridiculous. I was just looking at this, Mike, going through the schedules. This is probably the biggest home non conference game in 10 years. Like, Gonzaga came to town, and they yep. were, they I think they were ranked team with Ronnie Turiaf and, and some of those guys. Sacre, I believe, was on that team. They're Kevin having. It been- was like
1: early Kevin Pangos. and Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was the year. That was the year before I got there. Yeah. Because um, then we played at Zagger the next year. Yeah. No, it's this a big game, um, really big game. You know, I'm sure Arizona. You know, at the same time is like, hey, it's a really good chance for us to to try to go in and, and beat a good team on the road. So, man, for a 4 p.m. on a Saturday in in like early December, I mean, you can't really get much better than a game
0: like that, man. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about their chances? I mean, Ken Palm has them as a favorite right now. I mean, home is a big part of that, but this is the number 12 and 13 teams in the Ken ratings right now.
1: I mean, I like their chances. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, man. I mean, it's hard to not like your chances when you have somebody on your team that is pretty much virtually a mismatch for everybody in the country. Um, Cause we, it's not only just about him going out there and it would be a completely different story. If you were relying on Kofi Coburn scoring 30, yeah, 30 and 16 every single game but we've seen that you know the way that like we say the attention that he creates and what that means for these these really 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 potent scorers and shooters i it's crazy i I mean i i go and look at alfonso Plummer, who's you know shooting 43 percent from three if my math serves me correct i'm i think he's 15 of 26 from two which is you know, it speaks to his, his kind of three-level ability to, to score at all three levels. Uh, that's really impressive. For a guy that's kind of labeled as just kind of a three-point marksman, he can do so much more than that. I, I don't know. Like, I think I think he can continue. He's not going to score 24 a game this year. Like, he, you know, 20, 23 a game, whatever he's at the last five games. But I, I really do believe, like, 15, 16, 17, like, that's not out of the question for Alfonso Plummer just with the, the types of looks that he, he gets and how efficiently he shoots it. So I think this team has a really good chance. You know, it's like when, when other guys are down and not playing, this is why you have really good players, right? Because when someone's having an off night, someone else is on. Like these three guys are on. Then when, then when one of the three that were on, one of them is off night, then it's another three. And Coleman Hawkins scoring the ball, you know, his average has kind of dwindled, you know, over the last few games – but and Trent struggled to shoot the ball. But like while Trent was struggling, Plummer was on his toward stretch, and Jacob Grandison. So it's just, I, I don't know, man. I, the more that you really look at this this Illinois team, and it wasn't a surprise to us preseason. But taking a step back, and then now seeing it for what it is with the shooting that they, I mean, this is, offensively and and defensively when they you know when they sit down and guard. I mean, this is it's <laughs> a dangerous team, man
0: it's the one team that I feel like can threaten Purdue because a lot of the things you're saying about Illinois, Purdue might be even just a little bit better. They might be a little bit deeper, Uh, a bunch of firepower on the outside. So many uh, dominant, they got a couple of dominant players on the inside. Don't have a Jaden Ivy uh, on this team, but we know Plummer and and Grandison now can can go off for a bunch of points. We know Trent can do that at at some point. So you're right. I mean, if one guy has a bad game, it's not the end of you, Um, which, which a lot of big 10 teams can't like they have to rely on, two or three guys to be good every night to, to, to pick up those wins. Um, I want to ask you one more. I, I, we have no idea when he's going to come back, Mike, but when Andre Curbelo comes back, um, how does that happen? Like, wh- what do you think it looks like when, when he comes back and what does that add to an Illinois team that's playing pretty well right now?
1: Well, I, first things first, I think the first thing people are asking themselves is like, well, who comes off the bench now? It's Andre Curbelo. I think so too, yeah. He's, he's going to come off the bench. And, and quite honestly, he excelled in that role last year. So, you know, does that stay that, that way the entire season? Who knows? But right now, the way that this team is rolling, and Andre Corbello will probably be the first to tell you, like, hey, that's a perfect way to kind of ease him into it. Um, you know, he was a great change. We talked about that change of pace last year, right? You had that initial first five, and then Corbello came in and just kind of completely changed the pace of the game. So, whenever that is, who knows? Um, But I, I'll say this, man. It, it It is not one of those things where it's like, oh, now we got to try to insert him back in and is Illinois going to take a step back? I don't think so because I, I'll make this point. The Andre Carbell that you saw the first four games of the season, I think in his mind he thought that he really needed to score a lot. This team is needs him to score so much in order for them to win games. And if any of these last – four games that he's been out there's anything that that's taught him is that oh now we get we got the dudes and he doesn't have to do that and that should be somewhat of a relief for him yeah. and and just kind of really being able to pick his spots and just be Andre Curbelo because you could see he he pressed a lot trying to to prove himself in that area when in reality he's probably sitting there like man we got some dude like we really have some dudes some guys that can score uh, it's not just hey it's Kofi because I think initially we were maybe like, "Hey, Kofi, Curbello Frazier, like your guys that could maybe score twenty plus on a given night." Now it's like those three, and it's it's Plummer and it's Grandison, and it's you know Coleman Hawkins is, is capable of, of of turning in a twenty point performance. So on that end, man, uh, I mean this is it's got to be just a nice perspective yep. for him to have, and then he can re- like I said, really ease himself, you know, back into the flow of things, and and. When when he is ready to come back, this his team and um his fan base, I'm sure surely will, will welcome him back with, with open arms.
0: It's incredibly well put. Like, I agree with all of that. I I think it is a relief. I, I think it is uh probably good for him to see this. To to see that hey, I don't have to be all American guard Andre Crabello to be good and, and to have this team be good. So agreed with all of that, Mike. All right. Well now, I'll um, make I'll make this yeah.
1: last point too. He also can't and this is, this is what you worry about at times with, with players is, you know, the, he can't be sitting there thinking that they're excelling because he's out, right? And, and when they come, when he comes back, you know, let's say they drop a game, like he can't think that it's because of him. And I know he probably doesn't think that, but it's going to be imperative for, you know, his teammates and himself to just keep that confidence of like, I know who I am. I know what got me to the position that he was in last year at the end of the season and then all the accolades preseason this year, um, just trusting who he is um, and who he is is a a really, really good player that can be an all-league guy. Um, We always talk about the sky being the limit for him, and and he's going to come back and – He's gonna tear it up, man. That's that's what he does. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see that.
0: Yeah, and uh, he could probably look at Kofi if he's worried about NBA draft stock, and just say Kofi had th- you know 13 points against Rutgers, 17 against Iowa, which isn't crazy for him, and he's helped his stock the last two games. Like the way he's passing <laughs> the ball, the way he's rebound. Like he doesn't have to go for 25 and 12 every night. And Andre doesn't need 20 points and 10 assists every game to to improve his draft stock.
1: Let me make this point because. I think I've I've been wanting to make this point and part of me like uh, do I I'm gonna find the avenue to make the point all right some some point on a podcast or Twitter whatever but let me say this right now you you have me at the edge
0: of my seat now with this build-up Mike
1: people (laughs) like this is what people have to understand and and sometimes this is what players have to understand about NBA draft stock okay for some reason players have it in their mind that like the more they score you know the numbers Golden State has Steph Curry Phoenix has Devin Booker like if you are going to unless you're a top 10 lottery pick if you are going to make your way into the NBA you have to do something that the a team will say we need that right like we need that uh, you go back you can go back and look at any any player that led the NCAA in scoring, maybe before Luka Garza. I mean, even Luca Garza's—you know—down in the G League, up—you know—he's kind of going back and forth. But any any player that's led the country in scoring most times hasn't been playing in the NBA. Like it's just—you it, look at Fit, right? Pat Connaughton, right? Guys, where you look at Notre Dame, like yeah, you know, he's good, played on an Elite a lead eight team, um, solid player, but you know, starting and playing big minutes for a team that won the NBA title last year. It's just fit, and, I, and I, that's why I look at a guy like Coleman Hawkins. it's Like, hey man, you don't you don't have to be seventeen and eight for you know for a team to be like, hey, we like that. What they're gonna like is your versatility, right, on the defensive end, stepping out, pick and pop. Like, if you show, hey, I'm a I'm a reliable pick and pop guy, and I can guard multiple positions, good. You already have all the other attributes, right. so just show that you can be somebody that that can be on a court in the NBA, and it's it's beyond all the scoring, because there is a Damian Lillard, right? You know, there, there is a Joel Embiid. Like, there's the scoring is taken care of on most NBA teams. You look at Io um, right? You know, his role has not been the 21 a game that he scored in college. It just hasn't. He's done it in other ways. Being, being incredible defensively, being electric, you know, fast break, igniting the fast break. I mean, you go on down the list being reliable, taking care of the ball. I mean, that's that's what these teams want to see, and I think guys that have those tools, Corbella has the tools, Hawkins has the tools, you know, Coburn has the tools, you know, do those things that, that these NBA teams value and that can actually get you real NBA minutes. I mean, I think that's, it's always something I'm like, man, cause I had, I had teammates at Wright state too. who are like, Oh man, like my numbers, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go to the league. And I'm like, <laughs> they don't need you. Like, they don't need you to score. I get worked up about it, but yeah. you understand yeah. what I'm saying. Like it's, you just, you really just have to be who you are and be really damn good at it.
0: Yeah. Like, they know Jay Divey can score, right? I think yeah. for him it's just do do the rest of things really well this year and, and maybe you can rise even a little bit uh, more. Michael Toope, you're the goods, man. Thanks for doing the post-game podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you later in the week for our film review. Can't wait, man. Sounds
1: good, man. See you.
0: Great stuff, as always, from Michael Tuop We're lucky to have his insight here on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. And can't wait for the VIP film review. We're really going to focus on Kofi Coburn's offensive development and his impact on that end. And, yes, the Bulls get a victory over Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. 109-97. Desumu in his first NBA start goes 41 minutes, by the way. 11 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 3 turnovers. Pretty good night. Pretty good night for Io Jusubo, and and he was leading the break a lot of times, just dishing the ball. And without DeMar DeRozan in the lineup, with Alex Caruso out for this game, with Kobe White out for this game, uh, Javante Green out for this game, pretty cool. Uh, The CIO step up, man, and and the rest of these bowls are really fun. Levine, 32, Lonzo Ball, 20, Vucevic, 20. Man, Io's uh, definitely earned the trust of his his head coach, Billy Donovan, to put him in there in the starting lineup and and to play a big win. Uh, it's I guess we all shouldn't be surprised, and this is why we're surprised he was not a first-round pick, but uh, to see him do it this quickly is rare. It's rare to see a second-rounder, uh, even if he shouldn't have been a second-rounder, come into the league and play this Nice role on a winning team right away. He's special, man. He's just a special basketball player, a special competitor, and just a special dude. And uh, he's done it at every level now. That's cool to see it in the NBA. And I tweeted out the other day he's gonna get a really good second contract, which is the key to all of this, right? Like, if you're talking about the the personal side of this for Iowa to get that second contract, that's the that's the life-defining, generational-defining. Uh, kind of impact he can have on his family and himself so uh, to see this this early it's, it's pretty awesome and he, even for us that watched it I don't know if a lot of us thought he'd be making this big of an impact right away on this team and, and to see it um, is awesome uh, Not maybe not surprised but uh, the kid continues to exceed expectations no matter where no matter where he goes um, so awesome to see and he's the reason you know Illinois basketball is able to get to the point it is now with Guys like Kofi, all these commits coming in now, um, all these guards coming in, I would assume was a huge part of it. So I know all you had a pretty good night with Illinois defeating Iowa 87 83 and i would assume we're having a night like he did i saw Iowa's was mom tweet out pretty good night yeah <laughs> that's uh that's a heck of a night for everybody out there thank you for listening to the line inquire podcast Derek piper and joey wagner will have coverage from iowa city of my player grades up later tonight and of course a huge game coming up on saturday sold out state farm center number 11 arizona we'll get you ready for that one as well and there's plenty of Illinois football recruiting stuff going on. So we'll, we'll get you ready for a big weekend for that. Dive more into the transfer portal options. i got a piece coming out on offensive linemen here uh, coming very soon as well. Thanks for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. It helps us out a ton. Give us a follow on YouTube, too. We put all the videos up post-game. and. And otherwise, up there, the the podcast, if you'd rather see those through video, the ones we do on Zoom, you can check those out as well. Uh, So give us a follow there. It helps us out as well. But thanks for listening to the Alana Inquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast.